Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to Off in the S's, a podcast focusing on the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. I'm your host, Stu, and today we are going to be previewing the FCP Euro Northeast Grand Prix at Lime Rock Park. On today's show, more LMDH cars hit the track for the first time, as we have seen almost all of the new cars that we expect to see in IMSA in 2023. Where will Kobayashi land? Does he return to IMSA in 2023? It's a little bit of news that came out in the past week that might help us piece together that puzzle. And of course, we preview the FCP Euro Northeast Grand Prix at Lime Rock Park. Is this BMW's time to shine? Let's find out. Without further ado, let's get into it. All right, let's st- let's start off with a bit of heavy hitting news here. Kamui Kobayashi looking into LMP2 and GTD to remain in IMSA, specifically expressing interest in the Michelin Endurance Cup races. Now, this decision is because of his competition with the Toyota Hypercar program. A little bit of conflict there, potentially. They're both going to be on even terms and potentially competing against each other, not necessarily next year, but in future years. So it's understood why he's potentially taking that step back from TPI. Um, It is also kind of a signal that that could be uh, one of the final nails in the coffin for that number 48 uh, allied racing ride that uh, Action Express has been putting out there the past couple of years for those Endurance Cup races. Um, Maybe not permanently, but at least for next year in 2023. As uh, as GM and and the number of these cars, I mean, it, it's pretty well known that they're going to be in kind of short supply. Uh, there may there may just not be an additional Cadillac that's available for one of uh, for one of these teams to run. Of course, Chip Ganassi Racing is going to have uh, have one for IMSA as well as one for WEC. And then uh, you also have Action Express Racing that's going to have one for IMSA as well, but potentially the second one is in question. So keep our uh, keep our ears to the ground. But with the recent news, it doesn't seem like that second ride is uh, is going to be happening next uh, next season. Now Kamui has of course recently raced in GTD Pro with Vassar Sullivan at Canadian Tire Motorsports Park. So is this is kind of a natural question? Is this something that he might be exploring for next year? Maybe in that GTD Pro program. Um, so that's that's pretty easy spot to picture him landing. Another one that I'm thinking that might be viable is with Wayne Taylor Racing. So Wayne Taylor Racing has earlier this year, they opened the door, the idea back up to getting into GTD Racing. They did do a race uh, in, in GTD Pro with an Acura at Sebring. Uh, that was a collaboration with Racer Edge Motorsports. Um, so that could be a possibility. And uh, Kamui has raced with Wayne Taylor in the past and won the Rolex 24 twice uh, with that team. So I think there's something that could be going on there. Maybe something with Vassar Sullivan. But um, I'm kind of expecting that Kamui might land in a, in a GTD Pro. If I had to, if I had to guess, that's where I think Kamui's going to land. But I'm sure we'll find out more here in the back half of uh, of 2022. So uh, stay tuned for more information on that. As we're here speaking about GTD Pro Porsche 
has revealed the latest generation 911 GT3R ahead of its 2023 competition debut. The, this is the first GT3 spec car that's going to be based off of their 992 road car. Uh, key improvements to the car include better and more streamlined diagnostic software, along with various other driver aid improvements. Some of these software improvements really targeted at customer teams and trying to make their lives a little bit better. Uh, we see that, you know, these big factory teams with the factory support, it can be a lot easier for them to access the support that they need to fix a problem um, and 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 be able to navigate sometimes the difficulties uh, that, that the software May, the barriers that that software might put up. So the idea with this streamlined software is as opposed to previously, they might have to have, you know, three or four different different uh, devices to diagnose problems uh, internally with the car. The whole idea here, here is to have one streamlined diagnostic software that can really help help, help out some of these teams. So I'm sure it's going to drive well as well, uh, great as well, and I'm sure there's going to be slight improvements that are made there. But really, Porsche trying to target customer teams more with this. So we'll see if that translates to more customer teams driving the car. We see that we, we there's not a whole there's not a ton of Porsches that are on the grid here. Um, it, it, they're of course a staple of uh, of endurance racing and sports car racing. But we'll see if this uh, attracts a little bit wider of a customer base for uh, for this GT3 machinery. Of course, extensive testing is already underway in Europe after they revealed these photos uh, the other week. And of course, this car is expected to debut in North America at the Rolex 24, along with the Ferrari 296 GT3 and the Lamborghini Huracan GT3 Evo 2. So in addition to all these uh, LMDHs that we're hearing about, still lots of GT3 news to come and lots of new GT3 cars to take a look at as we head into the 2023 season. So even though there's still half the season left, essentially here in IMSA, still lots of, uh, we're starting to get this new news about 2023. Mercedes also announced that it will keep their current GT3 spec car through the 2024 season. It, they did recently announce that there is a new car that's going to be coming out in 2025. And, um, at the end of the day, the Mercedes AMG GT3 Evo that uh, they just rolled that out back in the 2020 season. So they think that it's fine. They're they're satisfied with having this gap between cars, even though the 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 base model is one of the older GT3s. Uh, the only real concern that they actually have is for the recently announced Le Mans specific GT3 Aero package, which is they're calling the premium kit. Well, that, that's. Uh, ACO, I believe, is calling it that. Um, and that will be required in 2024 for the world, well, at least for Le Mans. I don't know if it's the entire World Endurance Championship, um, but it, it's required to give that special look to each GT3 model. Now, these kits, uh, although they're not going to be run in IMSA, it's just interesting to note, uh, they're going to be between 50 and 100,000 euros and be aero changes only. So it's the GT3 base car. But in order to run in WEC, so I think I think it is the whole season, you have to have um, this aero kit, this special, you know, premium kit. Um, so, you know, Mercedes is concerned about the a bit of additional cost that this is going to add, especially with them having a new car coming out the year after and then having to also create that aero kit as well. It's just kind of something else they have to put on their checklist, which is kind of annoying for them, but... 
I guess that's the way it goes. In some more GTD news, Ben Barnacote's co-driver is still to be determined for the number 14 Lexus this weekend in Lime Rock Park, as it's unknown if Jack Hawksworth will be fit to race. Of course, this dates back to that motorbike accident that he had a couple months ago, so still that lingering over this team. Hopefully, we will see Jack back out on track relatively soon. And in other team-related news, the WeatherTech Racing entry, the number 79 Mercedes, has announced that they will only be competing in the GT3 class for the remainder of the season uh, after they started this year in GTD Pro. Uh, Cooper McNeil will remain behind the wheel and will be joined at, uh, by Jules Gugnot this weekend at Lime Rock Park. And the only BOP change to announce for this weekend is a 2-liter increase in fuel capacity for the Lexus. Back in action with the WeatherTech Championship this weekend in Lime Rock Park is the Michelin Pilot Challenge, and they have a very large field that is set to take to the track this weekend. 35 confirmed entries with 23 of them being in the Grand Sport Division and 12 in TCR. Of course, all eyes are going to be on in TCR. Um, can Robert Wickens and Mark Wilkins win a third in a row? Can, can Robert still continue that dad power? And then uh, on the, uh, the GS side, Alan Bjornsson and that uh, number seven, Volt Racing, Aston. What's the uh, what's championship point situation going to look like for them? Can they hold it? We're starting to get down to the nitty-gritty parts of the season, and it's sure to be a wild one at Lime Rock Park. We'll talk more about the track here in just a few minutes. But holy moly, do we have some LMDH news to talk about here. The new, yet-to-be-named Cadillac LMDH that will be run in IMSA and in the World Endurance Championship has completed its rollout. Earl Bamber turned the first laps in the car last week. And as I am recording this right now, Porsche and Cadillac have begun doing a proper test together at Sebring. Uh, this is Porsche's first outing on U.S. soil and the Cadillac's first significant mileage on the track. One of the main things being tested are the updated MGU components for Bosch. And uh, this is following some reliability concerns that were raised in a Porsche test earlier this year. So we'll see if the reports coming out of this test are a little bit more positive in that light. In other related LMDH news, there was a report that was incorrect earlier this week, unfortunately, that the Acura ARX06 had hit the track for the first time uh, at Magnicourt in France. Um, this was later... Um, proved wrong, but it was also confirmed by Endurance Info on Tuesday, which is a, a leading sports car um, news agency in France, uh, that the car uh, has yet to hit the track, but Endurance Info did confirm that uh, they're going to be doing a shakedown later this week at Paul Ricard, ahead of their first official test at Magnicourt. Uh, on the weekend. So that Acura is going to be hitting the track very, very soon. Of course, this is going to be the debut for the Orica, cha Orica chassis car. And um, 
after this test is complete, it's understood that the car is going to be coming over to uh, to North America for some more testing. And what this means is that the only LMDH car that has yet to hit the track for testing that we expect to be present at the Rolex 24 in January uh, is that BMW, which of course they have said that they are expecting to hit the track uh, for testing in early August. Another team that's rumored to have an LMDH entry and getting back into the news is McLaren. So the team recently said that the upcoming debut in Formula E has no impact on their decision to embark on an LMDH program. McLaren CEO Zach Brown said conversations on doing LMDH or GT GTP are very active. The interest is very high. It's more of a it's more of a question of when than if. So it's uh, it's not a yes. There's nothing definitive on our end doing it yet, but it is trending in the right direction. And then finally, the Ferrari LMH car hit the track for the first time last week at Fiorana at the official Ferrari test track. This is a big, there's a, there is a big piece of news that comes from this related to IMSA, even though the Ferrari is not believed to be present, at least for 2023 in IMSA. Um, and it relates to drivers that are going to be piloting the car. Um, they did state that the six drivers that will be chosen for their World Endurance Championship program will be selected from their stable of factory GT drivers that it currently employs. Now, these drivers include Alessandro Piraguidi, James Collado, Miguel Molina, Antonio Fiocco, David Rigon, Nicholas Nielsen, Daniel Serra, Alessio Rovera, and Andrea Bortolini. Let's hope I didn't mess too many of those up. Uh, and they are the current drivers, of course. Uh, but it, important to come from this, uh, David Regal and Daniel Serra have contested the first three IMSA Michelin Endurance Cup rounds for Risi Competizioni. And they're doing quite well in, in that respect. Now, uh, Regal is regarded as the driver with the most experience in simulations for the car. So that... I wonder if he might get selected to be on one of those teams and then if he might get pulled away from from some of the work that he's doing in uh, in IMSA. I have a feeling that you know the, the I would imagine the GT3 and the uh and the GTE car that they're running in the World Endurance Championship are much closer together than that GT3 and the LMDH are going to be or pardon me LMH for the Ferrari. Um so we'll see we'll we'll see what they what they finalize but um might be something to keep an eye on in terms of uh, how it how it translates down to uh, to us here in him in IMSA. Make sure that you are subscribed on your favorite podcasting app to never miss an episode. You can also interact with us on Twitter or YouTube at Off in the S's. Links to both of those can be found in the show notes. All right, guys, let's talk about Lime Rock Park. It is a nice little track located in Lakeville, Connecticut, and it is a very tricky 1.530 miles or 2.4 kilometers uh, and has nine corners on it. It's been a staple of the IMSA calendar for many years, with it being recently used as a GT-only round on the calendar. The history of Lime Rock dates back to 1957 on the site of a former sand and gravel quarry. The track has maintained this same layout since opening, but it did undergo a full repaving 
in 2008 when Skip Barber purchased the track. The resurfacing maintained everything, from the original layout to the original cambers and the original track widths, which truly is amazing when you uh, when you really sit back and think about it. Somebody that raced this track in the 1960s could come back today, and theoretically it's going to have the same, in the same car of course, um, you're going to have the same turn-in points, you know, it's just it's going to be the same as it was back then. So that, that really is quite, quite cool to, uh, to hear about that. Over the years, the track has hosted many forms of motorsport from IMSA, which started coming to the track in 1972. Grand Am, NASCAR, SCCA, Trans Am, and the GT World Challenge have all made stops at the track. This year, we will see 15 cars take to the track, which is the lowest car count for the race since IMSA returned to the track in 2015 after having an off year and of course after they transitioned to become IMSA once again. Uh, this is a GT only round with GTD Pro comprising of six entries and GTD comprising of nine. This is down one entry from the 2022 numbers, uh, of course, when the GTLMs ran. So uh, it's an it's an uptick overall uh for for gts well for gtd spec cars anyways but of course without the gtlms there there were only three gtlms there that ran in uh in uh in 2021 anyways uh and 100 laps were uh, were turned by the victorious number three corvette gtlm of Antonio Garcia and Jordan Taylor in 2021. Meanwhile, in GTD, it was the number 23 heart of racing Aston Martin of Roman DeAngelis and Ross Gunn. While the numbers are down, at least it does see the return of championship contenders, Korthoff Motorsports, Wright Motorsports, and P Carbon with Peregrine Racing. Of course, uh, Carbon, they have a replacement chassis on that thing. They worked, uh, they worked their butts off to get this thing prepped for, uh, for this week. And of course, this is after they, they took that really hard hit at the Glen uh, just before that red flag came out. Uh, Inception Racing is unfortunately still missing from the grid, so there's not going to be a McLaren on the grid this week, folks. Alright, what should you be watching for this week at Lime Rock Park? Well, Lime Rock is a very, very quick lap. We talked about it. It's a very short track. Uh, with GTDs able to complete a lap around here in about 52 seconds, with the narrow nature of the circuit, of course, it's going to be quite difficult for, uh, for drivers to pass one another, but there is an okay passing opportunity into turn one as long as you can get and carry a good run through the final corner as well there is an opportunity if you really want to send it going into the chicane at turn five it's a very tricky track i wouldn't expect to see too many passes um there's going to be pitch strategy that's certainly involved in this one and it's still going to be great to watch we might see them break out the bumpers here at one point or another so uh so maybe we'll get a bit of beating and banging this weekend uh as well and on the weather front, it is good weather that is forecast for this weekend's race. With the weather on Saturday, uh, forecast for 86 Fahrenheit or 30 degrees Celsius and sunny. All right, hopping into the championship standings now. We'll go over these quickly. 
Leading the pack is the number nine Faf Porsche in first place with 2,056 points. They lead Corvette Racing in the number three by 138 points. Vassar Sullivan in the four, number 14 Lexus is in third, 207 points back. And in the Sprint Cup standings for the GTD class, it is the number one Paul Miller Racing BMW that leads the way with 1,665 points. They leave the Turner Motorsports BMW, who have 1,547, and the number 27, Heart of Racing Aston Martin, who have won the past two races. Uh, they are in third with 1,477 points. <laughs> Something new that we're going to do is I'm going to give you my picks to win this weekend at Lime Rock Park. And I'll tell you what, in, I'm really thinking it's going to be a, a, a BMW race here across the board. Um, I really like what the uh, Team RLL has been done. They've shown really good pace these last few races. Uh, they just haven't had the luck to be able to put anything together. I'm going to keep an eye out for them in GTD Pro. And then in GTD, I am going all in on that number one Paul Miller Racing BMW. They have won two of the last three races that have been contested here at Lime Rock Park in IMSA. That would be 2019 and 2018, I believe it was. Um, albeit that was done in a Lamborghini at that time, but Brian Sellers and Madison Snow know how to handle this track. They know the difficulties it can cause, and I'm going to be keeping a very close eye on them this weekend. We do have some other racing going on this weekend. Of course, there is Formula E that is in New York for two races this weekend. Those races can be viewed on Saturday and Sunday at 1 o'clock Eastern time. And then, of course, NASCAR also racing the Xfinity Series in New Hampshire for the Crayon 200 Yes, the Crayon 200, which is going to take place on Saturday at 2.30 Eastern Time. With the Cup Series, of course, also following them in New Hampshire. That is the Ambetter 301. That it goes on Sunday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Also on Sunday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time is IndyCar. They are heading to the streets of Toronto. Uh, for a race there. In IMSA though, there's not a whole ton of IMSA racing that's going on, and but there are two races that go on Saturday. Uh, you can find the Michelin Pilot Challenge Lime Rock Park 120 on uh, Saturday at 11 o'clock Eastern Time. That's on IMSA TV and Peacock. And then the big boys race, the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship at 3 o'clock Eastern Time on Peacock and IMSA TV. Well, that is going to wrap up our FCP Euro Northeast Grand Prix preview episode. We'll be back next week for the post-race episode, of course. And I want to give a big thank you again to all of our early Patreon supporters. And if you too want to support the show, then you can go to patreon.com slash off in the s's you can also support the show by hitting that subscribe or follow button on your favorite podcasting app to never miss a new episode and by leaving us a review you can follow along with us on twitter or on youtube at off in the s's 
Once again, thanks for tuning in. I hope everyone has a great race weekend and doesn't go off in the S's.